Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, fan-sided, daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself, brother? Doing good, man. Kick a plan. They can find you on social media, Twitter, uh, Russell Rant. They can find myself on Twitter and IG, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast, again, on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcasts, also on TikTok, too, out of the false pod. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Show some love and support for your boys on the program. So, Graham, I swear to you, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching Raw on Monday, right? And... So I'm watching the, the the tag title match, and I see that the the Judgment Day are the new tag champions, right? I swear to you, Grant, in my head, I'm like, when I do the show with Graham, he's gonna he's gonna. T- I know Graham's exact words. Why the fuck would you put the belts on Jay and Cody at Fastlane just to lose the belts two weeks later to Judgment Day? And or there's, there's a reason why. So I'm like, yo, I know, I know, Graham. That's how he's gonna. That's how he's gonna. You know, begin the show. So, Graham, am I right? Are you were you like, why the fuck would you do this and put it back on the Judgment Day two weeks after they won the belts? I loved it actually. I thought the changing oh, the belts. Wow. No, I'm oh. just kidding. You're absolutely right, Randy. It's fucking <laughs> dumb. It was stupid. I don't know why they did that. I the only reason why I think they could have done that is because on SmackDown last week they had the tag title defense with Owens and uh or not Owens, but rather Rhodes and Uso against Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. And yeah. they beat him. And then obviously afterward, Cody and Jake confronting the bloodline as they walked up the ramp. So they kind of established on that show that because they were tag team champions, Cody and Jake can go to SmackDown as well. They can go to both brands at any time. So then when they go defend them on Raw and Jimmy Uso cost them the championships, the idea from Jimmy might be that he's doing Roman a favor and that he's going to have uh, you know Uso, he's going to have Jay and Cody lose the championships. So they can no longer go to SmackDown. That's a great idea. The problem with that is that that would mean that Cody and Jay cannot go to SmackDown without the championships, but we know that's not fucking true. Jimmy Uso just popped up on Raw, literally for this to even happen. Mm-hmm. So they're they're negating their own point when they do shit like that. When Jimmy shows up on Raw randomly, no explanation. Maybe it was, you know, obviously maybe he snuck in or something. They can say that, but it just doesn't make any sense because he showed mm-hmm. up isn't a tag team champion, cost him the championships. What's stopping Cody and Jay from showing up and doing the same thing to him? Cody and Jay popped up on SmackDown two fucking weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Mm. The SmackDown before the Fastlane pay-per-view, they showed up, and they were not tag team champions at that point. So, I mean, again, if they weren't tag team champions then and then go to the brand, then what's stopping them now from going to SmackDown no longer as tag team champions? So, doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's not really doing the division any favors. I know the belts have been defended in the main event of Raw and SmackDown and on pay-per-view multiple times in the last couple of weeks, and that's great. And the matches have been a lot of fun. you got main event stars holding these championships from Owens and Zayn, mm-hmm. Cody and Jay, the Judgment Day. Um, I just don't really know what was accomplished. I guess it killed time with the Judgment Day, losing the belts, getting back, getting back the belts. I'm not really sure. Um, to me, it just never, it didn't really seem like it accomplished anything aside from what I mentioned, which doesn't really seem to add up because they don't take the brand split seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I think for me, I think it was a way to extra, um, support or extra get ready for, for, I guess, I guess they're doing the war games preview now, because I think 
before on this show, you know, we did say, yo, it's going to be Judgment Day against Cody and, and those guys. But if I'm wrong, tell me, I think on the on, on the Judgment de- uh, team side, we never really mentioned the bloodline to be with Judgment Day. So now Cody got beef with everybody. Jay, Jay got beef with, with, with Bloodline and Judgment Day. Um, so so does KO and Sami Zayn. So now, before you was like, yo, give me Dominic, Damian, Finn, and maybe Drew McIntyre or someone else in, in in that vein. We didn't mention Solo. We didn't mention Jimmy Uso. So now when Jimmy causes uh, Jay and Cody the tag titles, it's like, all right, now it's a way where everybody's going to have their day at, at, at Survivor Series War Games so that you can have Dom... Priest, Finn, Solo, and Jimmy. On the flip side, you could have the Cody's, Jays, Sammy, and KO. And now it's down. You're down to a, a a fifth guy. So I think that's the only way I I, I would say why they would do that. Um, I mean, two weeks. You know, <laughs> Cody and Jay was against to have to have the belts for two weeks, and they're losing on Raw. And it's like okay. But does it make the Judgment Day stronger? They got majority uh, majority of the of the titles now once again. But I think it was all like a, a small plan for a Survivor Series. I mean, that would seem to make sense. Um, I still wouldn't have done it, but if the idea was to give more heat to War Games, then maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose so. I don't. I, I mean, the War Games match is probably what you just mentioned. I don't know what it looks like now. I was kind of convinced that it would be Owen Zane. Cody, Jay, maybe Rollins. Um, Rollins and Drew were busy doing their own thing. I would have involved them in the you know the match, but that doesn't seem likely at this point. Um, I don't really know what it looks like, to be honest with you, because now that Owens and Zane are separated, I don't think they're going to be on the same War Games team. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. That kind of defeats the purpose of Owens going off on his own to SmackDown. I think he's done with the Judgment Day stuff. Um, if he goes to SmackDown and he gets involved in it anyway, then I'm not sure. Maybe they could do Judgment Day in the Bloodline against some babyface team because they teased an alliance between the two factions on the SmackDown before Fastlane a couple weeks ago, and that never really went anywhere. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't really know where they go with it. I think we are still getting a War Games match. I think that was still the idea, even with Triple H taking over. It kind of seemed like when Triple H took over that plans changed for a lot of stuff, and overnight we're already starting to see changes with Triple H completely in charge of creative. I would still hope War Games is among those plans because... It would make sense to do the match with the men involved. I'm just not convinced what it would look like or how we get there at this point, but it would have to involve the Judgment Day, and I would say all four members of the Judgment Day, not including Rhea Ripley, uh, and then maybe a a fifth partner, or they could just do four on four. I'm not sure. Mm. Because, you know, rumor time for Survivor Series, and uh, one guy that I saw popped up, not CM Punk, one guy I did see pop up is Randy Orton. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So if you do have Jimmy, Solo, Priest, Finn, and Dom, that's five. Ko, Sammy, Cody, and and Jay. Who is the fifth guy? Who 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 would be the fifth guy? You know, I don't think it'll be Cena. It ain't gonna be L.A. Knight. Uh, I mean, it could be because he does he does have beef with L.A. Um, with the Bloodline. I think they're gonna have him and Roman at Crown Jewel for the title. Uh, so it could be him, but then like I see Randy Orton's name pop up, and I think he he's had some history with the Bloodline. So do you think that one? Do you buy the rumors that Randy Orton could be back by Survivor Series? And if two, do you think if there is the five on five, he should be the fifth man for for, for the team of Cody Rhodes? 
Yeah, I think it'd be a great fit. I mean, the last time we saw him on TV, he was getting taken uh, taken out. He was getting injured by the bloodline. So it would make sense if he came back for revenge. Now Matt Riddle. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would do. I would put Orton on the team. It's not confirmed he's coming back by that point, but it would make sense to bring him back at that point and then to slide him into that team. I would do him and then the team that you just mentioned. I feel like that would make the most sense. And maybe from there, um, if it's the Judgment Day, maybe. If, the, if it's the, I mean, again, it would have to be the Bloodline because the Bloodline was the team that took him out. If it's Judgment Day, maybe. I don't really know what he would have to do with them um, aside from just doing Cody a favor because they have history and legacy from a long time ago. So if the Bloodline is somehow involved, maybe that can then lead to Roman and Randy, maybe at the Royal Rumble or at another time between now and WrestleMania because we know it's probably going to be Roman and Cody. Um, but yeah, an Orton... Involvement in that match, I think, would be pretty cool, and I think that would make the most sense. So now I did see KO is now on SmackDown. He's part of the um, official trade that happened yeah. with, <laughs> with Jey Uso uh, a few months ago. So now you split up KO and Sami Zayn. Sami looks a little distraught and everything because his best friend is no longer there. Um, do you – first of all, was he the right guy to go to SmackDown for Jey Uso? Question number one. Yeah, I think so, just because I don't really know who else it would have been aside from Cody Rhodes, and it seems like they're not ready to bring Cody over to SmackDown yet. That's the problem, and Cody's busy with the Jey Uso thing. They might do something with him and Drew at some point. Drew even said it like a month or so ago, if Jay steps out of line, I'm going after Cody Rhodes. We really haven't seen any involvement or any progression on that front yet, um, but I could certainly see them going in that direction between now and WrestleMania once Drew is done with Rollins, so... Um, yeah, I, I think it will be, uh, at some point, uh, you know, them too, but uh, I know that wasn't your question. It was about Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, KO going to SmackDown, I think made sense. They could do other stuff on that brand. Maybe not with Roman Reigns because he's already done that to death. Maybe chase the United States championship. I guess that would make sense. Um, there, w- there really wasn't much more for him to do on raw with him and Sammy now having failed to regain the belts twice. And if they weren't going to stay a team, I'd rather them go their separate ways than Owens turning on Zayn or vice versa for like the millionth time. I feel like that would have just been old hat. So mm-hmm. doing what they did instead, he was a nice consolation prize for uh, for Cody Rhodes. If it wasn't going to be Cody, Owens going to SmackDown instead to me made sense. I'm going to get to the to, to the U.S. title uh, in two minutes. But in your opinion, since WrestleMania, obviously everybody wanted KO and Sammy to beat the Usos for the tag titles and, and be in the main event, and that's that's what happened. But since April, we are we are in October now. Um, you know how did you how do you think they played out the Sami Zayn KO tag team once they won the belts from from the Usos? It was like this is what we want. We finally got it, and then maybe the KO Sami Zayn stuff was a little underwhelming at times am, am i right or wrong uh, you're not wrong because i feel like that was the majority opinion with kevin owens and Sami Zayn. i am actually in the minority on that as far as i've i've thoroughly enjoyed it and i feel like since wrestlemania they've been white hot they've been getting great mm-hmm. crowd reactions having great matches they've been in the main event of raw a lot yeah they've had a lot of matches and a lot of uh interaction with the bloodline and judgment day but still they've been involved in the main event of pretty much everything since all year, I mean, on SmackDown and on Raw, mm-hmm. um, I thought they had a good title reign. Some people might dis- a lot of people would disagree. Um, they had a lot of different defenses against a lot of different teams. They made them at the Night of Champions. They made them at the Raw a lot. Again, a white-hot team in terms of crowd reactions. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I knew it was going to come to an end at some point. Didn't think it would end when it did at payback. I thought they could have got a longer run out of Owens and Zayn's tag team champions. And the hot potatoing, I'm not a big fan of it. Screams attitude error to me personally. And also just because there's no reason for it. Um, you know, I, I've enjoyed the Owens and Zayn stuff. And I think ending it the way that they did was a bit abrupt. But it makes sense that they didn't really have any more story to tell with the two of them uh, beyond them being in the title picture together. You mentioned U.S. title, and I think that's been a lot of, you know, in the news uh, quite a bit this week. Uh, we did see Logan Paul. He had some fight. He won post-game interview with Aria Hawani, and he says, Ray Mysterio, I'm coming for the U.S. title. I'm like, everybody, like, what, what, the fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? You <laughs> Out of all people, you want to shout out or, or challenge. You mentioned Ray Mysterio, U.S. title, I'm coming for you. I beat you once already. I think he's he's uh, referring to that tag tag match he had with uh, with, with the Miz. Uh, back at Mania uh, two years ago with Dominic and Ray. Um, and then I seen Ray Mysterio doing the, the the car wash of like going going here, going here, interview, interview, and saying, if Logan wants some, you know, come get some John Cena style. And I'll be on SmackDown. You know, he knows where to find me. And now that's, I think, promoting Crown Jewel. I think that's, what, that's what's going to happen. Ray and um, Logan for the U.S. title at Crown Jewel. And if that is official, um, could you see Logan Paul walking out of Crown Jewel as the new U.S. champion? Uh, not only could I, I think he will. I think he does walk out the new United States champion. I think, I'm not saying he should, because my only issue with this is that I don't want another part-time champion, on specifically on SmackDown, but just in general, really. Um, you have this great full-time champion right now with Gunter. I think having him drop, or having Ray drop it to a part-timer, kind of defeats the purpose of like what Gunther's accomplishing on Raw right now by bringing the belt to new heights and having a defense, you know, defending it every so often, uh, regularly, like once or twice a month, having great matches. The United States Championship, they've done well within recent months. I mean, the theory stuff was kind of a bust, but giving it to Ray's been nice. Like a token run for him at this stage of his career, not bad. Um, and he can still go in there and work and be involved in prominent matches. It's cool. Logan Paul feels like a great fit as United States champion. The problem is that, again, he's not full-time, so he's not going to be there weekly to defend this fucking thing. That's the issue. I feel like the endgame could be, though, him dropping it to LA Knight probably, maybe even at WrestleMania. But if he wins it at Crown Jewel, that's like four or five months with no U.S. champion on SmackDown. He might defend it at the Royal Rumble against Kevin Owens or someone like that. Um, but I, I, I don't, you know, he's not going to be there every week, and it kind of... With no universal champion around for right now, that's kind of a fucking problem. Um, but I do think he does walk out of Crown Jewel, the new United States champion. If he doesn't, great. But I feel like he, he's a great fit for that belt. But again, like I said, I just don't want him taking the title and then disappearing unless he's going to be around more often going forward. I mean, I, I do agree that if he was to win the win the belt, the title, um, you know, give me like a, a month or two run where you're on Raw, you're on SmackDown, whatever it is, lead up to Survivor Series. Um, but if he's not going to be there consistently, then I would say keep the belt on Ray. I know Ray also mentioned that, you know, he's been asked a question like, how many how, how many more years you have? How many how many more years you see yourself? You know, Ray is 49, Graham. And I think most would say, you know, if you saw Ray Mysterio in person, you, you don't think he would be f damn near 50 years old. You don't. Sure. You don't look at it, he don't act like it. He's definitely still in the ring doing his thing. Um, but one more year, two more years of Rey Mysterio. Um, how, how long at this pace? 
I know Dom is there. He's he's very proud of what Dom uh, has been doing. But uh, at some point, where do you see like how, how many more years you feel Ray has left in uh, the tank? Probably more than two. If he's done in the I year and a half so or two, I mean that's what he said. But I mean, I would go off of what he's. I think he'll be done in the next two years. Mm. Could he go longer than that? Yeah, because I mean he's gotten so many stem cell surgeries that it's really worked out wonderfully for him as far yeah. as how well he can move around. Um. Stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't think he wraps up, you know, that soon within the next year. That was kind of the idea. Some people thought that he might be done by Mania because he was going into the Hall of Fame. He would wrap up his career by facing his son at WrestleMania. It would have been a nice storybook moment. But, no, he's he's still wrestling even as a Hall of Famer, which is pretty cool. Um, Very rare to see nowadays, and he's the current United States champion. So, I mean, he could probably go beyond two years, but I, I I see him doing exactly what he said staying true to his word and wrapping up when he said he's going to wrap up. Cause there's really not much more for him to do after this is over. Anyway, the LWO stuff is great. Wrestling. The sun is great. I'm glad he's not just going to be there until the wheels go off, until the wheels fall off. And he's out there just doing jobs for people. Like he was a couple of years ago. That, that kind of demeans Ray Mysterio to me. So yeah. I would rather him just go out on top as opposed to when he gets enough injuries to when it's time to call it quits. And he, he, he did mention that, you know, you know, Ariel did ask him like, "How do you how how do you want it to end?" And it was like, it, I think Lenny told was like, you know, if my if my final match is with my son Dom, which we saw at WrestleMania last year, but now the next time they do it has to be like a, a bigger stipulation, like, oh, it's, it's it's a you know, if you lose, you 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 retire, like like a fucking retirement match or like a a hair versus mask kind of thing. So he was like, it has to be something like that. It can't just be no regular rain down one on one like we saw last year. So I'm um, I think his final match will be against Dominic at some point. But I think the stipulation is what they got to figure out. But I, I don't I see Ray shit, you know, because you know he he's still out there. Bobby Lash he's still out there. Like these are guys who are past mid forties still looking jacked up and crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't see the, I I don't see them winding down. God forbid there's no injury. But um, I think seeing him and Dom. In his final match, in like a stipulation kind of match, could be could be the way to go for Ray. Yeah, I think so. Um, maybe a mask versus hair match. The only issue with that is that if Matt, if, if, Ray, if Ray were to lose, which he should, he beat Dominic the first time in Mania this year. Yeah, he would have to unmask. And I don't think he's unmasking, and I don't think he should. So, um, <laughs> Dominic getting his head shaved would be cool, but again, that would require him to lose, and I don't think Ray needs to win on his way out. He already yeah. beat his son, so yeah, the stipulation. Maybe it's. Maybe it's hair versus, uh, not mask, but hair versus career, and then mm-hmm. Dom retires him. I think he can uh, then hold the honor of retiring his father. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be great to revisit at some point down the road. Exactly. Uh, we also did see Jay Cargill on Raw. Uh, so she's done with, I guess she's done with, with her world tour of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Fastlane. So she she's gotten some interactions. You know, she saw Becky on, on Raw. She saw Charlotte on SmackDown, met a few of the people on, on NXT. You saw Shawn Michaels. So she's been like making the rounds, and obviously we don't know when she's going to debut and or, or how or, or on what show. Um, but I think we can both agree that whatever they're doing, from the moment that she signed with the company, they're making it like a really big deal. Like she's yep. a fucking megastar. Like when she when she when she um, debuts, it's going to be a big deal. Um, I think that's the one. That's the one thing I take away because they're putting her right in front of Becky, right in front of Charlotte. You know, 
Bianca's still out somewhere. So it's, it's like, like I just like the fact that they're making her look like a big star because she is one. No, I agree. I think it also helps when you have people that aren't familiar with her probably seeing this thinking, she seems like a big star. I mean, I haven't seen any of her work. I don't even know who she is. I haven't seen her wrestle, whatever. Mm. But they're making her out to be a big acquisition. And immediately you'll take notice of someone like that. So um, they've done everything right with Jade Cargill so far. I love the way they've had her pop up in all the shows. And again, they make her out to be a big deal. And they have her cross paths with Charlotte first last week. And now, you know, uh, Becky this past week and being endorsed by Shawn Michaels, being endorsed by Triple H multiple times. It's a pretty good spot to be in. And it's establishing her as a big deal right out of the gate. I still say she goes to Raw. That was the report a couple weeks ago. Um, Unless that changes, I don't know. I mean... She also popped up at the end of NXT last night, not in person, but she was shown on a TV screen, you know, d- doing okay. this. And she was like, oh, you know, time's up or whatever. That's so, right. I mean, I, I can, there's a possibility with the way that they're pushing NXT right now and trying to put spotlight on that brand ahead of an upcoming TV deal or whatever that they couldn't. And we've mentioned, we talked about this already. This is nothing new that they could have her beat Becky for the NXT Women's Championship and then but not be exclusive to NXT. She could also appear on Raw too. So like mm-hmm. what Becky's doing, Becky's the NXT women's champion, but she's also on raw every single week. So I could see the same thing happening with Jade. Um, if they really want to push the brand and make people watch both raw and NXT, uh, she yeah. can develop an NXT while also getting exposure on raw. There's a lot of different possibilities. I would not put her on SmackDown. I think SmackDown is enough people. Um, I don't want to see her. I don't want to see her beat EO sky. I just don't think she fits in there. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Raw is the way to go, and I think we'll see her officially. I know she was on Raw this week, but officially be announced as the newest member of the Raw roster pretty soon. So once 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 they put her on SmackDown, once they put her on Raw the last couple of weeks, a lot of people started to pencil in their WrestleMania matches, the WrestleMania Dream matches, or what could main event night one, night two, whatever, or, or begin night one or begin night two. So I've seen photos of like someone was saying, all right, my WrestleMania matches are set. And I had Rhea and Becky. They they had a face to face recently on Raw. On the flip side, you had Jade and Charlotte. So I'm like, Jade and Charlotte could be could be dope. Yep. Um, I think what we all are looking for is Jade and Bianca Belair. So now, if you get Jade and Charlotte, cool. Like you know, it just I think. Listen, you're going you're going up against one of the best, if not the best, of all time. So that's not that's that that won't be a bad match, but I think people just are clamoring more for either maybe a Rio and, and Jade or Jade and Bianca. So as we stand today, is Jade and Bianca still your WrestleMania match that you would pencil in, or would you say, you know what, I can I can see Jade and Charlotte being that match as well? I don't know if I would rush into either one to be honest with you. I don't know <clears> if I would <throat> put her in the ring with either woman at WrestleMania. I mean, again, if they're establishing her as a big deal now, it's not out of the question, obviously. Um, I just think it would be smarter to gradually build towards those matches because if that that's only in a couple months is WrestleMania. It's not that close, but it's also not that far away. If you put her in the ring with those women out of the gate, those women specifically, I think she might be as, as exposed for not being as good as them, which she's not. I mean, she needs a lot more experience and a lot more seasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, I would gradually build her up in matches with Candice LeRae or Raquel Gonzalez or Rodriguez, whatever and other women on these shows that she can beat, work with, learn from, get some estab- or get some credibility from beating and whatever, establish herself, and then move on to the Biancas and the Rias and the Charlottes and the Beckys and people like that. Um, I just feel like to do that right out of the gate would uh, 
maybe not do her any favors. If she's to go in there and beat them, that's great. And it helps with the perception of Jade Cargill. But I'm Mm -hmm. talking about in terms of the match itself. It might not be a great match, and it's not always about the match, but I don't want her to go in there and be outclassed by a Charlotte or a Becky or a Bianca and then be made to look inferior even though she won. So um, it depends. It really depends on how they kind of take this thing, especially if she ends up on Raw. Bianca's on SmackDown, so I mean... The brand split may not really fucking mean anything anyway, so it hardly matters. I would hold off on that for a while because I don't know if you would write. That, that's one of the biggest money matches they can do. So I would probably hold off on that until a little bit later on. I'm not even sure Jade needs to be holding gold by Mania unless it's the NXT Women's Championship. That could be the that could be what they're building towards, but I think Becky yeah. probably loses that belt before Mania and then goes on after Rhea Ripley. What you do with Jade at that point, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was just, I was I was just looking at the they got Halloween Havoc coming up for NXT. Uh Becky will be defending the NXT championship. Um but I'm trying to figure out if Jade if Jade is going to be the NXT champion at some point, when do you take the belt off of Becky where like do you does, does she do like an open challenge but it's on SmackDown, open challenge but it's on Raw, but do you want Jade to finally appear in the in the in the ring? And on NXT, on Raw, on SmackDown, so they got they got a, they yeah. got a choice to figure out how do we get the belt off of Becky? Because I think Beck, I told you what well, we both said that Jay could beat Becky for the NXT title, and then we then gradually work her way up. I think that's I think that's the way to go. But just a matter of on what day you want to do it: Tuesday, Monday, Friday. We don't know, but I think I think it'll happen sooner or later. I would probably do that on Raw. Just so it yeah. has the biggest audience. I mean, you could do it on NXT and make the argument. You never know what's going to happen on NXT. You got to tune in. This sort of stuff happens on NXT. I get it. I mean, we had yeah. John Cena and The Undertaker on that show, for God's sakes, last week. Cody That's Rhodes right. as well, among others. So they could do it on NXT. I think it's better that they would do it on Raw and then be like, all right, we have a new NXT Women's Champion crowned on Raw. I know it's weird. But then tune into NXT tomorrow night to find out what happens next or to see more of Jade Cargill or hear her, her first promo or whatever it might be. I don't know if that happens anytime soon. I'm not sure. Um, Becky had a title match last week. She had a title match earlier this month. She's defending the title next week on Raw. She isn't, Actually, she's defending the title twice next week on mm-hmm. Raw and on Halloween Havoc, as you mentioned. So she's keeping busy. It makes me wonder if they're getting all these matches out of the way because she is dropping it soon. Or there's just a lot of women for her to work with and they're just doing all these matches. Either way, I'm not complaining. I probably wouldn't do the Jade thing soon. I feel like there is more juice left with Becky as the NXT Women's Champion. Mm. I would probably hold off on that until like, you know, maybe January. But I mean, I don't know. It could be before then. It really all depends on how certain things play out. Um, there, Like I said, a lot of different directions they can go and I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do. So I got a quick few tidbits and i, I want to get the, i want to get the scene at, at the end uh real quick uh all this is it's a new smackdown gm you like it i love it the guy's great i've been a fan of his for a long time i think he's a great fit for the role and hopefully at some point the guy's only 34 35 or whatever so yeah um i think he can eventually transition into an in-ring role and they could do something with him there and uh, above all else, in addition to just him being on the show as the GM, it brings back the dueling GMs for the first time in almost five years. We haven't had general managers of Raw and SmackDown since 2018. Wow. So, um, you know, it makes stuff like the trades make more sense because if we don't have GMs, which they've done trades before, and it's like, all right, who's making these fucking trades? Because only <laughs> it's Adam Pierce in both shows. So it's like, who cares? Yeah. Um, it just never really made much sense. But now that we have GMs and they're calling them GMs, 
that's awesome. So, and, and it's going to make the draft make more sense. So I like it a lot. I'm, I'm a big fan of the move. Uh, as of right now, the rumor is the rock and Roman reigns. There's no plans as of yet for WrestleMania 40. I think that's something you're very happy about. I know you don't want rock and Roman. You want Cody and, and, and reigns. Um, shocked. Are, are you like, okay, great. Thank you. There are no plans plans as of yet for rock and Roman at 40. I mean, I woke up today and the sky was blue. I mean, I feel like this was pretty <laughs> obvious. I don't think Rock and Roman was ever going to seriously happen. I know what mm. Rock said a month ago, but like when he left out, I, I first of all, I don't think he was entirely honest either because he was like, oh, I control the schedule. I control that. Like you don't, though. You don't because mm-hmm. I mean, he does in, in terms of the projects <clears throat> he signs on for. But if he's doing a movie, dude, he's not doing wrestling, too. He can't. John Cena literally said this. The, the Rock did not say this. Cena did. During that press conference, the post-show press conference at Fastlane, he was like, if I'm on a movie set, there's like insurance issues and stuff like that. I can't go out and do the WWE thing while I'm also on a movie set. It just doesn't work. And we learned that with Rock 10 years ago when he did the John Cena match, and he got hurt, actually. the second I mean, he got hurt both times, but yeah. the second match, he got so hurt, he tore his hamstring or something. It either did delay or did almost delay the production and the filming of the Hercules movies that he was in at that point. They don't like that. I mean, it makes sense. It's it's not, you know, it's selfish to want to do both. You got to pick and choose. And I feel like if he was going to choose, uh, if he was going to choose WWE over the movies, he would have done that years ago. Like if he had the option, he would have done it a long time ago. He would have been five years younger. You could have done this five years ago. Yeah. I know Roman wasn't a heel back then, but still, he could have done it this past year, the year before. He just didn't do it. And he's blaming all the creative wasn't there. I mean, give me a fucking break. I mean, how how hard is it to come up with an idea for Rocket versus Roman, a match that sells itself anyway? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It was never going to happen. The strike will probably be over by then anyway. They can't bank on it not being over. They can't build to a match. They don't know they're going to do. Cody's the right guy to beat Roman. And if Roman versus Rock happened, Roman's fucking not losing the belt, dude. So it's, it's a yeah. waste. It's stupid. He's going to be champion for another six months. Uh, if, if that's not right. Either. Oh God, that's no! Right. We ready. gotta end this shit. We gotta end <laughs> it. So uh, Cody's got to be the one to end it and finish his story, and we can move the fuck on. Um, there is an upcoming Vince McMahon Netflix documentary in the works. Uh, real quick, I read somewhere that um Bill Simmons is behind it. You know, the ringer Bill Simmons, and um Vince would not have anything to say about what. It's going to be portrayed in the, in the documentary. So he can't be like, take this out. Don't do this. Don't do that. So whatever they're fucking doing on this, on this McMahon documentary, that's what it is. So are you kind of, if this is true, are you kind of shocked that Vince McMahon will have zero say in his own documentary? Yeah, I mean, it's you got to weigh the pros for the uh, the pros and the cons of your Vince. If you want to be able to control everything, and then it doesn't happen. Or if you don't control anything, then it doesn't happen. And it's like, all right, do I want the exposure with the Netflix doc? I don't really know. Um, I mean, I think he just wants his name out there and wants his story to be told. The fact that he doesn't have any creative input does surprise me because I thought that might be one thing that he signed on for when this was happening, that if you're going to make a doc on me, I have to be able to sign off on it and take things out. Um, that does really surprise me, but mm-hmm. it's not a WWE documentary. It's not a fucking Peacock exclusive. It's not on the network. This is a Netflix. True. And if they're going to do it, they got to do it right. They can't just do a half-assed documentary where it's only about this bullshit. And, and no, they can't. They got to, they got to mention everything. And there's a lot to mention with Vince. There's a lot he would probably take out. So I'm glad he can't change anything. I'm, I'm hoping that's true. And I'm hoping they do a good job with it by really going all in and mentioning everything. 
um, in his life and not not excluding anything. So uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever this documentary is going to be. So my last question to you, Graham, before we get out of here, I know we, we spoke about this off air last week. Like, damn, I forgot to fucking ask Graham. So we've seen Cena coming back, got a couple of matches, promos, Raw, SmackDown, Fastlane, the whole nine. Um, but if people really been noticing on the commentary, they've been saying, oh, it's the GOAT. It's the greatest of all time. Even the ring announcer, the greatest of all time, John Cena. And I'm like, like, when the fuck did that start happening? Like, them publicly saying he's the GOAT. So yeah. I, that triggers me to say, hmm, there's got to be a reason why they're saying the GOAT. All, all, I think it's all of a sudden the GOAT. Because maybe they, they feel like we don't know when, when we're going to see John Cena on TV again in a, in a fucking ring, right? Because the, the, the strike and he'll go back to Hollywood. Um, but I got to ask you, Grant, maybe I asked you years ago, is, is John Cena the GOAT? Because people are going to be like either Hogan, depending on the area you're from. They're going to say Hogan. They're going to say Stone Cold, The Rock. Some have Brett, Sean, Undertaker, Ric Flair. You know, there's a lot of GOATs out there, and rightfully so. But they're saying they're publicly acknowledging John Cena as the GOAT. So yeah. my question to you, part one, do you feel the same way as the company does that John Cena is the GOAT? And if not, who do you who do you have, bro? Who do you have as the GOAT? Um, to me, the answer is no. But again, okay. it's all subjective. I mean, you could say anyone's the greatest of all time, depending on what you're <clears throat> whatever. I mean, it really doesn't matter what the criteria is. Anyone can say anything. But uh no, I, I don't I don't personally think so. Is he in that conversation? Sure. Is he on the Mount Rushmore? Sure. Is he that guy? No. Um, they might. I mean, I think they're just saying that I feel like the translation of that to them, what we hear greatest of all time in terms of greatest WWE superstar of all time, I hear greatest WWE employee of all time in terms of he never does anything wrong. He's out there doing great publicity. He moved on <laughs> to do movies, but he's always coming back. He's yeah. the employee of the century. That's what I hear. When I, when I hear them say that, and they're out there calling him the greatest of all time as part of his in-ring introduction, which is kind of silly. Um, I mean, you can make a case for Stone Cold, you know, The Rock, um, Stone Cold, I would understand. I mean, you could say Hogan. There's a lot you could say. I mean, I would probably go again. It depends on, I always say this, like, what, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about like superstar, like WWE employee, the greatest of all time may not even be in WWE. You know, I mean, I don't know if we're talking about mm -hmm. WWE's greatest of all time. Is it Shawn Michaels? I mean, that there's a argument to be made. There is a Bret Hart. They didn't sell as many tickets as those other guys, but does that matter? Like, I, I don't know. Or their time on top isn't as long as John Cena's. Or you could say The Undertaker. The Undertaker was there for 30 fucking years, and he wrestled and won a lot of titles and main events and stuff like that. You can make the argument for him, too. For me, my answer would probably be Shawn Michaels, probably, just because he's an all-around better performer than the rest. Um, but the rest of them are amazing as well in their own right. And they were more popular than he was at certain points and had more time on top and more championships won for whatever that means. So, I mean, I don't know. It really is all subjective. I, I don't think John Cena is the greatest of all time. Could he be, could he be considered the greatest? Of all? Is it that egregious of a claim? No, it's not. I mean, I could see that, but when I hear that, like I said, I just think they look at him, they look at him as the greatest of all time because he always comes back. He never gets in trouble. He's always putting over the company. He'll go off and do a movie, get mainstream publicity, and then come back. Um, unlike The Rock at times and Stone Cold never really, I mean, he came back, but he retired and that was it. He never really moved into that mainstream. So th that's what I think when I hear them say that.
And listen, before I let you go, I, I do agree. I think the criteria has to be figured out. Number one, like, what do we are we talking about in ring? We talk about promo. Are we talking about character? Are we talking about someone who literally changed the landscape of 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 your sport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when when I hear that, I think Hogan and 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 and, and Austin gotta go up top because without Hogan, we ain't getting all this shit. He's the yeah. one that started everything. That, that, that's that's number one. Stone Cold real quick comes in as like he's the goat because he's the one that saved the company at a time where it was like if he wasn't around and his attitude and everything it was going down and his character, his promos and his aura saved the fucking company. And it's like it, it, it went from whoo, all the way up and it, it fucking boomed to the sky. So he Hogan created everything or was part of the, of the boom. Stone Cold saved the company. Then you have your Rock, your Hunters, your Sean, your Brett. They're all they're all goats. But John Cena at a time was like, to be fair, did John Cena save the company? Yes or no? I'm gonna say no because they were pretty productive at that time. But then it's like, is he the most notable name out there? He's he's one of, but they're gonna mention Stone Cold, Rock, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying those guys. So it's like. Again, it depends on the area you're from. depends Depends yeah. on what what you're looking for in the ring, outside the ring. Because Stone Cold ain't the best in the ring. I'll tell you that much. Him and Cena are kind of like the same, but it just depends on your age and the area you're from. So I just kind of found it weird and ironic that they act actively call him the go because when when Stone Cold when Stone Cold comes out and The Rock came out, you ain't say, "Oh, the great the goat Stone Cold is here. The goat The Rock is yeah. here." Or the goat Hulk Hogan is here. You ain't doing all that. But now with Cena, it's like okay, maybe they're, they're kind of planting, a, a, you know, cementing him as their their goat. But you know, again, everything is subjective, right, Graham? It's all subjective. I mean, you can also think about as far as you know the talent that you mentioned, how long they were on top, and stuff like that. With Cena, did he change the? I mean, you mentioned changing the landscape of the business, which is true. Did Cena do that? No. And I think you can also make the argument. Not to slight him because he was obviously extremely popular and has been for almost 20 years now consistently uh, in terms of merch sales and stuff like that, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if you could say about anyone else in the business, that he was also the biggest star at a time where they weren't creating any other stars. I mean, in the Attitude Era, you had Stone Cold Rock, Taker, Triple H, um, Mick Foley, among other people, John Cena, not that there haven't been stars in his era, but after Triple H wound down, wound it down, uh, wind it down. Edge retired, um, Jericho went away, Taker retired, Shawn Michaels retired, Batista retired. You were just kind of left with Cena. And then Punk rose up. Punk was the only one that really got close. There really hasn't been anyone else that has gotten to that Cena level because they didn't want to make any new stars. Rollins and Reigns have, but that's about it. And they have had a lot of talented people in the last 10, 15 years that could have amounted to to his level of stardom but they just refused to put him on that level. It was basically John Cena and then everyone else. That second, the Attitude Era, they only pushed Triple H or <clears throat> only pushed The Rock and then never really pushed Stone Cold to that level. They had multiple big-time goats at the same time, mm-hmm. which to me makes it more impressive that Stone Cold rose to the level of success that he did among all the other big-time talent they had at that time. Cena, not that the roster has been depleted for 15 years, but when he was on top, 
who else really was there? I mean, they had people, like I said, but mm. specifically from like 05 to 2010, you had other big names, but those guys were already winding down. They were already past their prime. Um, they never really pushed anyone to the scene to level aside from CM Punk. And even he could have been higher had they not kind of cut the wheels or, you know, ripped the rug right from underneath him. So um, again, not to undermine John Cena, he still had an amazing iconic career, but I would probably still put him behind the other people that you mentioned, specifically Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and people like that. In terms, again, I don't know if we're talking in ring, money drawn, ratings, championships won, whatever that stuff even means. 